Good morning, gentlemen. Perek Lamed Pasuk Yud Aleph Ki Amitzvah Hazot This Mitzvah Asher Anochi Metzavecha Ayom This Mitzvah that I am commanding you today Lo Nifleti Mimecha it is not beyond you, that's separated from you. The mitzvah that I am commanding you today, it's not far from you. Sometimes things may, may feel separate from us. Sometimes things may feel distant from us. He says, but this mitzvah is not distant, it's not separate. Lo bashamayim he, the mitzvah that I am telling you today is not in heaven. Lemor to say, mi lanu Who will be able to go up for us to heaven? lanu, so that he'll bring it for us. So that we could understand it and do it. He says, that's not that kind of mitzvah. It's not in heaven. You don't need somebody to go get it for you. And it's not beyond in the other side of the ocean. That you need to say, Who's going to pass the ocean for us? And bring it to us. And we will be able to hear it and do it. It's not that kind. It's not far from you. It's not separate from you. It's not in heaven. It's not across the sea. Actually, this mitzvah is something very close to you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. There's nothing closer than your mouth and your heart. In order to fulfill it. There's a debate in the Mifarshim. What mitzvah is he talking about? Does it say? What mitzvah is that? What mitzvah is he referring to? When he says all of this introduction. You know in the Torah normally we don't have introduction to mitzvot. In the Torah, we don't have introduction to the mitzvah of Shabbat. Meaning, an introduction of Hezuk. You know, guys, Shabbat, it's not that far from you. It's not so distant from you. It's not Bashamayim. When the Torah tells us the mitzvah of Shabbat, it says, Zachor, Shabbat Keep Shabbat, done. When it comes to Kashrut, there's no Hezuk. There's no introduction to explain to us that really it's within our abilities and we could do it. We don't have such mitzvot. The Torah usually talks to us. It's, just, it's assumed. It's assumed that if the Creator gave us a mitzvah, the assumption is that it's doable. Otherwise, we're accusing Him of doing something that a father wouldn't do to his children. Of course it's doable. In fact, we find... That the only time in the Torah, in Parashat Ki when we learned about a certain halakha that was not doable, 
Hashem says if it's not doable, so then there's no more mitzvah. There is such a thing. It happened once in the Torah. We learn from there that otherwise everything is doable. And again, it's logical. The creator of the world would not give us mitzvot that we're not able to do, that we're not able to fulfill. It's simple, it's obvious. A, a general wouldn't send a soldier out to a place of war without the proper ammunition or if he's not capable. Nobody would ask him to fly a plane if he's only abil- his only ability is to go in a tank. It's not what he does. So it's obvious if the Creator gave us a mitzvah that we are able to do it. That it's not bashamayim. Obviously it's not bashamayim. Because we can't go to Shamaim and we can't send someone to Shamaim. So every mitzvah is self-understood that it doesn't have that, we'll call it, that block that I can't do it. If you can't do it, then you wouldn't be commanded. But yet this mitzvah, this one, Hashem goes out of his way. This never happens. What we just read never happens. Go through the entire Torah. You'll never see anything like this or even remotely like this. There's no such thing. Never. The mitzvah of Hametz on Pesach. Not so easy. But there's no such introduction. Don't worry. You could do it. It's not beyond you. It's possible. No such mitzvah. You think of the most difficult mitzvot that we have to struggle with? Never. We have a mitzvah. Watch your eyes. Don't let your eyes wander into the wrong places. There's no inch. You know how hard that mitzvah is? You know how hard it is for a person to walk in the streets and watch his eyes and be aware and control themselves? But there's no introduction to that. There's no introduction to that. You could do it. Not so hard. It's not Bashamayim. Don't worry. It's not separate from you. It's within you. You can handle it. No such thing. There is no such introduction to any mitzvah. Doesn't exist. And here, it's one pasuk after the other one. What mitzvah is this? The mitzvah says the Ramban is the mitzvah of Teshuvah. First of all, what an amazing thing. There's a, there's a mitzvah called Teshuvah. That, that's an amazing thing. It's a mitzvah. Meaning, here we are. Hashem created us. He gave us endless gifts. Endless kindness. And as we were taking the hammer and breaking all the things he wants us to build, he put us in his world to build it, to make ourselves and the world around us an awesome place. And all we do is destroy. He says, don't do that. We say, eh, what do you know? We do it. He says, don't eat that. What does he know? We eat it. He says, and this is what we're doing. You know, I don't know how you handle people who work for you. And you tell them once and twice, and they ignore you. What do you do with them? Hey, I'm not going to ask you, hey, what do you do with those guys? 
You tell a guy, do me a favor. Do this. Reprimand once. You reprimand twice. And then, see you later. I don't need you. Kiss him. Get somebody else. You think the creator, the creator needs us? After how many times does a person get to do again and again and again? Completely ignoring. Completely. I'm not talking about people who don't know anything. Those people, they don't even know what's going on. But there are plenty of us that know very well what's going on. And know exactly what we need to do. And we know exactly what we shouldn't be doing. We know it. But yet, we're out to lunch, as they say. We're not, we're not really doing anything. Or not doing enough. So what would happen if you were the creator and the one that you made is ignoring you? How many times would he have to do it before you say, come on, enough. But yet the creator of the world not only, not only doesn't give us the door, goodbye, doesn't only do that. First of all, he's patient with us. He continues to supply us with energy and bounty and kindness. He continues to give us. And not only that, he says, do me a favor, mitzvah, do me a favor, I'm commanding you. Could you come back to me? Could you imagine? Could you imagine going to your employee who for a year is stealing? Every day he comes in, Every day he comes in and he wires 25000 from your account. Then you have a lot of money. You don't feel a 25000 every day. One day by mistake he got too confident. He wired 250000 He did that for a few weeks. You didn't notice that either. He got a lot of money. So then one day he says, you know what? One more zero. 2.5 million dollars. And at some point you caught it. And then you look. The guy's been stealing from you for five years. Could you imagine? You say, could you imagine going to that meeting and say, can I ask you to do me a favor? Could you please stop stealing? But what you say is, what would you, what would you say this is your conversation. Could you please, a mitzvah, Hashem is pleading with us. Could you please come back to me? That kind of statement makes it like you need the guy. When do you say to someone, could you please stop stealing? When you need him. The guy does something for you that nobody could do. You have no choice, basically. You're stuck with him. Because if he's out, your business is done. The guy is robbing and stealing and doing. But you need him. So what are you going to do? You can't show him the door. Because you're going to suffer more. So what do you tell him? He says, please, please do me a favor. Could you make teshuvah? Please, could you stop stealing? Do you understand what's going on here? There's a mitzvah, one of the 613 mitzvot. The creator of the world says, 
after you do A and B and C and you did it a thousand times, you've been robbing and stealing and doing everything wrong. You know what he tells you? Could you please come back to me? Not, not only, no, we would have thought, I would have thought, the way Teshuvah should work is, at what some point you wake up and you realize the damage that you're causing and you plead your way back. See, you say, you, th- you think, you think he'll accept me back into the business? You think I can do something to convince him? That's the way I would have seen it. You got to go plead with your boss to give you another chance. Plead with him. But the way the teshuvah is, it's a mitzvah. Hashem says, you don't have to plead with me. I'm telling you, could you please do it? It's unbelievable the, the, the amount of hesed that Hashem did, that He gave us a mitzvah. He gave us a commandment as if He's telling you and I, I want you, I need you. Could you please come back to me as if He's not complete without you. That's the, that's the amount. It's very similar. It's very similar, really. Hashem did give us an example in this world. He did give us an example. And I, I, I was eyewitness a number of times. I remember one specific time that I mentioned to you, I think, some time back. I met with a woman and her husband. I didn't, I didn't really know them so well from the community. Somebody asked me if I could sit with them. They're having some issues. Not with each other, but I found that during the conversation that one of their children was an absolute disaster of a human being. He's a bright young man, has a lot going for him, but he's uh, involved, he can imagine, in everything imaginable that's wrong. Whether it's gambling, gambling to the point where anything he sees, he, he steals. That's what gamblers do at some point. If they need money and they can't get it, they start stealing. So you have a husband and wife sitting in a home. They lock up all their valuables. Could you imagine locking up your valuables from your own son? Everything is locked up. They can't leave a watch around. They can't leave money around. They can't leave anything of value. They can't leave around. Everything is locked up. Imagine living in the home where you have to lock things from your own children. And a person who can't get a job has been home. I believe when I spoke to them, maybe... Five, six years, he's been home. He's been home. No money, no job. He's 30 years old. He he needs to be convinced to eat. You see what we're talking about here? He's like so out of it that he doesn't care to eat. So his wife has to, his mother has to plead with him to eat. He's abusive to his parents. Always angry, putting them down. It was like I'm, re- I'm, I'm listening to these people, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, how does this woman live? This is not like uh, on Mondays when he's home. He's home every day. He has nowhere to go. Every day, the same story. Every day, and I'm looking at her. And she's, she looks like she. I, don't, I can't tell you what, the way she looks. So I asked a stupid question. 
I didn't realize it was stupid, but it was. And then, at least she made me feel stupid. I said, Mrs. So-and-so, I said, can I ask you a question? I said, how long could you keep doing this? I said, when do you live for yourself? I said, I said, let me ask you, have you taken a vacation in five years? Have like, you gone away with your husband for a couple of days? Maybe just go away for the night? Like, like, don't you get to get a break too? I thought it was like a nice question. She looked at me like I was. She's rabbi. He says, what do you mean? I thought it was a very simple question. He says, but it's my son. That's all she said. It's my son. What do you mean? That's an unbelievable amount of sacrifice that you do for your son, someone that you love. After all they do, you plead with them. Please. Can you, why, why are you doing that? Because you love them. Not because you need them, because you love them and it hurts you to see them the way they are. And you're willing to be abused. You're willing to not take a break. You're willing. And if you could beg them, how many times have you seen someone beg a child who is doing the worst thing for himself, begging, please, please. I myself, I could tell you how many people I pleaded with, please go get help, please go talk to someone. I'm begging you. I, why do I have to beg him? He is the problem, he is the issue. But if you care about somebody, so then even if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you beg them, you plead with them. The creator of the world, one of the greatest signs of Ahava. You know, how do you know when someone loves you? Right? If you have a lot of money and they love you, you know how much it means? Zero. Zero. That's why I told you many times that wealthy people have very few friends. Because they know very well that a lot of their friends are not real. They even get sometimes too suspicious. They think everybody is like not always like, not always. How do you know if someone is your real friend? When does it happen? Answer is, when you're down and out and you had nothing to show. I told you once the story of Iov, right? Sefer Iov tells a very telling story. Iov, basically, is a man who was on, on top of the world. Wealth family, children, fame, respect. He got it all. Everyone probably heard and learned or heard it at least the story of Iov, a man who basically went from the top of the top and went to the bottom of the bottom. He lost all his family, all his kids died. He lost all his money. He got sick. His body became ill. Disaster. And the whole book of Eob is basically discussions with him. How many people came to visit him during this time? Three. So the whole book is basically a discussion of three people that came to visit him. Okay. You might think, well, 
maybe others came, it just wasn't reported. But then you get to the end of the book, it's 42 chapters by the way, it's a lot of information there. So it says over there, that after the whole story, Iyob was blessed again. It says, Which means, that he got more blessing after than he had even before. For example, before he had 7,000 sheep. Now, Asar his real estate doubled. 14,000 sheep, 6,000 gemalim, that is, camel, 6,000 camels. Fine. He had shiv'ana banim, which means he had before seven boys. Now he has shiv'ana, means double. He had 14 boys. Veshalosh banot. He had three girls before, three girls. Listen to this beautiful line. Are you ready for this? Vayavohu elav. They came to him. Call ehav. All his brothers. They call ahiotav. All his sisters. I don't know if it means literal brothers or it means friends. They call yodav. And all those who knew him. Lefarim. The Lefarim is before. They came to eat with him. Love you. They love you. They sat down with him. Listen what they did. They started going like this. Start shaking their head. Can't believe what you went through. Ay, ay, ay. Can't believe what you went through. Wow. They start shaking their head for him. They started to console him. And all the bad that he went through. They're there. Such good friends. Amazing. Yes. They gave him gifts. They came with gold. They came with gifts. A man lost his family, lost his money, lost his health. Is sitting. How many guys came? Three. All of a sudden he's back. They all show up. And they give him gifts. You should give a gift to a guy who has nothing. But they give a gift to a man who has everything. Because they don't really care about it. Real friends are measured when a person is in need. And if we go with that obvious explanation, our best friend in the world is the creator of the world. And you know how he expresses that? Where do we see that? When he makes a mitzvah, he makes a mitzvah. He pleads with us to make teshuvah. He pleads with us to come back. Only a mother would do that to her son. To plead with him after abuse of 20, 30, 40 years. Please, son, please come back home. Please, please come back and do the right thing. Everybody else, see you later. Goodbye. One time, two times in your business, he's gone. 
a friend who disappoints you a couple of times, gone. Even a rabbi. How many times have you have you seen a rabbi being thrown away? I've seen that. I've seen it many times. You do one thing wrong. One time I didn't answer a guy. Yeah, I didn't answer. After one, two, three, four days, I didn't answer. Why I didn't answer? Well, I was busy. I don't know. I didn't answer. He basically sent me this nasty message. Like, as if, basically, finished. He, I'm done with you. He disowned me. If I tell you how many things I did for that guy, you have no idea. How many what? How many things I did for that guy over the years. Wow. Happens to be a guy I did a lot for. Whatever it is, you need a lot of different issues, a lot of different help. So you see, sometimes you wrong a person once, and that's it. They take the book and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, out of my life. What are, they, what are the words people say? <laughs> I'm finished with you. Finished with you. Done with you. Done with you. You know how many people you're done with? How many people in your life are you done with them? Almost everybody. And whoever's left, if they do one thing wrong to you, goodbye. I'm out. But not a mother. Not a father. Usually not. Usually. Sometimes, unfortunately, even that. This is the mitzvah of teshuvah. And Hashem says, pleading with us. He's pleading. Meaning, so important is this mitzvah. He's pleading. Please. I know that you think changing who you are is impossible. Again, like I told you before, this introduction never happened by any other mitzvah, but only by teshuvah. Because by teshuvah, people think it's impossible. People think it's impossible to change who they are. I've been this way for 50 years. I grew up this way. I even like certain things about the way I am. It's impossible for me to change. It's impossible for me to have a different way of life how would I be able to do it where do I start I have a certain image people know me as a certain person you know most people they live according to their image they stopped thinking a long time ago based on their image that's how they make decisions they say does this fit my image everyone knows this is who I am I am X does this fit X if it fits X, I do it. Doesn't fit X, I don't do it. Everyone has a certain image of themselves developed over the years. And basically, they just see if things fit or don't fit. But when it comes to teshuvah, that a person makes a change in who they are, people actually believe it's not possible. So much so that Hashem says, Lo I know you think it's impossible. To become a different person. I know you think it's way beyond you. You look at yourself and you say. I could do that. I could pray like that. I could learn like that. I could change my character like that. I can become. I can be more giving. I can be a better father. I could be a better person. I could be a better friend. I could be a better Jew. Seems impossible. Even as we sit here and we listen. But in reality, 
we're checked out because we don't really think that we can make any real changes in life. And so much so, this is in our blood. Hashem has to tell us this introduction. Lo bashamayim. Because change is very hard. Changing a person is very hard. Changing a person involves fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of change. Admitting of error. Admitting that you were wrong for 50 years is a big, big step for a person to take. Been, I have been wrong for 50 years. That's what you're saying. When you change something, you're basically saying, I was wrong. Not only I was wrong, my family's also wrong. It's a very big step to do that. You have to admit. You have to be able to be big enough to admit. You have to be not afraid to take risks. Every change is a risk. Every time you change something, it's a risk in life. You never did that before. How does that feel? How does it feel to be that? I don't know. I never did it. You have to be willing to jump. A, a worthwhile risk, but a risk nonetheless. That's why there's an introduction. Hashem says it's not in Shamaim. It's not far from you. And then he goes all the way to the other side. He says, rather, whoever, whoever dreamed this. This is a mitzvah that people think is impossible. They think it's way beyond that. So you think it's enough for Hashem to say, by the way, it's not beyond you. Oh, it's not beyond you. It's not far from you. Don't worry. Okay, enough. Look what the pasuk ends. The exact polar opposite. You know what he says? He says the opposite. He says this mitzvah is very close to you. Sounds like even closer than other mitzvot. We went from thinking this is the hardest to the easiest mitzvah. It's very close to you. It's right there. Where is it? It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. This is amazing. Really, it's amazing. Again, we're taking a mitzvah that the Creator knows that we think is impossible and He's recognizing that and He's telling us not impossible. And then He says, by the way, it's very close to you. How did that happen? And what does it mean in your mouth and in your heart? What it means is like this. That the mitzvah, the mitzvah of teshuvah for you and I to make real changes and we all have to make teshuvah. Everybody's got to make teshuvah. Teshuvah isn't only for Rashaim. Teshuvah is not only for Mehalah Shabbat. Teshuvah is for every person. Every person has more to go in their life. Every person needs to take teshuvah as a serious part of his return to Hashem. What this pasuk is telling you is that teshuvah is impossible. Remember I told you that it seems impossible? The answer is, it is. It is. If you're sitting there and thinking, Teshuvah is impossible, it is impossible. That's why the introduction that we got. Because it is not just that you think it's impossible, 
It is impossible to make real changes in your life. It is really impossible. So what does it mean it's very close to you? It means Hashem says sometimes I give things to you for you to do. So it's possible for you to do it. But this one is impossible. You can't do it. But I can do it for you. All you need to do here is Again, when a person is going out to make money, it's not The word means you got to ask. Ask me. Bilbavicha means you have to be sincere. You have to want. If you're sincere and you ask me, I'll do it for you. That doesn't work by any other mitzvah. Let's say for a person. A person's going to work to make ishtadlut, to make money for his family, to support his family. Can it, could you say, Could you say, listen, Hashem, I'm praying to you. I really want to make money. So, please. You can't do it. doesn't work. You got to go out to work. You got to do something. By general mitzvot or general actions, Beficha ubilvavicha doesn't work. I mean, you need to ask for help. You have to want, be sincere. But you have to do your part. You must do your part. Because without doing your part, you're not getting help. But that's only in things that you could do. But what happens if there's something you can't do? You can't do it. So what's the only solution? The only solution is to ask for help. That is the only thing you need to do. You don't need to do because it's impossible to do. So really the pasuk in the beginning is very good. Yes, this is impossible. It is impossible for a person to change who they are. And if you think that's like hard to understand, go to any alcoholic, go to any drug addict and see how impossible it is for a person to change something that is in them. It's very difficult. I don't want to say the word impossible. Because nothing is really impossible. But it's very, very difficult to change who you are. If you're a person who's angry and gets angry outside, inside, it's very hard to change that. Let's call it impossible. Maybe you could be a little better, but to change over and be completely different, impossible. It's impossible to go from being arrogant to being humble. It's impossible to go from jealousy to being satisfied. It's impossible for a person to take on a new way of life if he's done it the same way for so many years. It is impossible. And God says, I agree with you. But let me explain to you. Because it's impossible for you to do it, that's why it's so easy. How weird is that? One more time. Because it's impossible for you to do. That's why it's so easy. Because when it's impossible, then someone has to do it for you. What do you do when someone can't walk? If they could walk a little, what do you do? They struggle to walk a little. And everybody's watching them walk. 
and they're struggling. See your 90-year-old mother walking. She can't walk so good, but she can still do it. So you watch her and you help her, and she's struggling. She's sweating, and she can't breathe, but she's doing it. She's going to get the cup of water for herself, and you watch her do it, and you maybe help her do it, and she's going... But what happens if your mother can't walk? What happens if you can't walk? It becomes so easy for her. Then you walk. She just has to ask you and you go bring the cup. Because there's nothing for her to do. When there's something for you to do, then it's hard. But when there's nothing for you to do and someone has to do it for you, it becomes easy. Hashem says, changing your life is not in your hands. You can't do it. So therefore, it's karov elecha davar meod. So therefore, it's so much easier for you. Because I'm here to do it for you. Because I know you can't do it. I will only make you struggle when you can. In Shabbat, I'll make you struggle. In work, I'll make you struggle. You could still do it. But when you have to make teshuvah and change who you are, that is not in your ability. But that makes it easier because I'm going to do it for you. If Hashem is doing it for you, it's easy. But I need you just to do one thing. Amazing. All you, by the way, it's not so... All you need is this, not so hard, but you got to do it. Number one, you have, to, you have to want it. You have to want, you have to be sincere. It can't be a sketch. You have to be bilvavcha. You have to turn to Hashem with sincerity and have a sincere desire to become a greater person. There's no reason why you can't be a greater person. I saw once a few weeks ago somebody who's a 75-year-old man. And I was talking about something. He's not the greatest person in the world. I told him, when will you be the Yaakov of Yosef? And he looked at me like I was out of my mind. His name is not Yaakov and not Yosef. I said, when will you become the Yaakov of Yosef? I mean, he was learning a little bit. He knew something. He didn't know what I was talking. Maybe you also don't know what I'm talking about. Yosef at Sadiq is a 17-year-old boy in Egypt. Far from home. No family. Hormones, desires, you name it. Frustration. Opportunity. He's in Misraid. He has this very big test. One of the most powerful women in Egypt wants to marry him. On every, every part of the, 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 his, his life's values, it's important. Whether it's his desires, whether it's his moving up from being a slave, whether it's making it financially, you name it, this is it. You're a slave in Egypt. A slave is a slave for life. There's no uh, parole from slavery. That's it. You're, you're a slave. 
This is his chance. And the Pasuk says that he came that day, he decided that day, that's it. I need to do this. I need to get married to this woman. There's no choice. I look at my life, I look at the opportunity here. It's Mina Shemaim. And have people say Mina Shemaim sometimes? Why have not? They say such Mina Shemaim. Unbelievable. And then it says that he went that day, that Hayom, Hayom, he came that day. And Hazal tell us that day he was with her. No. And he said, all of a sudden, it says he saw his father's image, saw Yaakov's image, and he ran away. People don't understand this. You know, if I saw my father's image doing anything, I'd also run away. Imagine you're doing something, all of a sudden your father appears to you. I wouldn't run away. What, what credit is that to Yosef, that he ran away? Because all of a sudden, he's doing something wrong, and he saw his father's image. But that's not what it means. It's not a miraculous thing he saw his father's image. It means the image of his father was so ingrained in his head that when he's about to go through with something wrong, he said, how can I do this with such a father? Look at this man who raised me. How can I disappoint him? I say the credit is not to Yosef, it's to Yaakov. To be a Yaakov to Yosef means to be that image in your family. The image where your children and grandchildren look at you and are in awe of who you are. Because you're a person of wisdom. You're a person of kindness. You don't say stupid things. You don't act in dumb ways. You don't get involved in the wrong things. You're an image to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. You're not an image of stupidity. You're not an image of jokes. You're not an image of cash. You're an image of greatness to your children. I told this 75-year-old, I told him you've done a lot of good things in your life. I said, are you the image of Yaakov to yourself, to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren? Do they look at you and say, my father was a very special person? There are people in our lives that we've seen and say, that was someone special. Every father and grandfather need to feel that to, towards their children. You're not 15 anymore. You're not 20. You're not a teenager. You have people that are looking to you. They need you. They need your image in their eyes, in their mind. You know, as you get older, you still think you're young. I told you, now a time, people are still trying to get younger. They're trying to do it to get younger. Youth is for the young. When you get older, you're supposed to have a certain image, a certain look, a certain behavior. When will you be the Yaakov of your children? That requires teshuvah. It's a change that you have to make. And guess what? You can't do it. You can't do it. Not in your hands. You can't do it. But if you just have a sincerity in you, if you want, if you really want, you got to be sincere to yourself, not in this class, not to, the, not to your rabbi, not to anybody. If you're sincere 
If you sit down 10 minutes in the car and think about it sincerely, if you're honest that you do want to make changes, even though it's impossible for you, if you just ask, if you really pull out that sincerity of your heart, be honest, sometimes writing, sometimes writing a little note to yourself can bring out the sincerity. And then you ask, Beficha u bilvavcha. Hashem says, when it comes to Teshuvah, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. There's nothing else you need to do. You need to be sincere. And you need to ask me. And I am going to do it. I am going to find a way to put you there. There is no Baal Teshuvah in the world that will not tell you stories of how things started to work for him in amazing ways. Teshuvah is a miracle, not only because God forgives us, it's a miracle of how Hashem makes it for us. He will make it for you. You will figure it out. He'll put you in the right class. You'll end up with the right friend. You'll stumble on the street and hit somebody. Uh, and, and then you'll realize he's someone that he can help. Who knows from where? I said, I will help you. I will help you. Hashem says, I will be the mohel of your orla. You know, orla is an extra piece of skin. You get a mohel to cut it off. When a person has avirot, Called the orla of his neshama. Our neshama is pure. When we do things wrong, we develop an orla. Who's the mohel for the orla on your soul? Hashem says, Umal Hashem et levavicha. Hashem says, I will come and I will cut the orla. I'm the mohel. You don't need to call a mohel. I'm going to do it for you. Beficha ubilbavcha. You have to be honest, you have to be real. You have to be sincere. You can't be a joker. You can't be a guy who's just there. Yeah, who cares? It doesn't matter. Forget it. It's not going to work. Just be sincere. And then turn to Hashem. Hashem, please. I want to be like my father. I want to be like my grandpa. The image in your mind of someone special. Someone great. Let that be the image. Hashem, please help me. I need your help. And Hashem says, I'm going to do it for you. I'm right here for you. Just ask me. By the way, I end off. Why is it out of order? It says, Out of order. Usually, you want, And then you ask. You ask, and then it's in your heart. What does that mean? First, your heart. First you want, first you bring out your deep desires, and then you ask. Pasuk says, What are you talking about? You know what the answer is? The answer is that sometimes we don't want. Sometimes we don't really want. Some people want, and some people they just don't want. They're too involved in their lives, and they can even say, I don't want but I want to want. Big difference is a guy who wants to make real big changes in his life and is a guy who doesn't want, but he wants to want. He feels big, he doesn't want. But I want to want. I, I wish I could want. I want to want. 
this is a very big item in with with Hinuch also. You have boys in school, girls that want to be great, and they are those who want to want. Now they they're not they're not totally out. They want to. So what do you do if you want to want but you don't want? Hashem says, if you ask me, I will help you want. Beficha ubelavcha. I'll do even more for you. Really, what's supposed to happen is you have to want and then ask me. That's the formula. But let's say you're struggling to want. I said, you could ask me to help you want. Could you imagine? In today's minha, you go to Hashem at the end of Ramida. Hashem, help me want to make Teshuvah. Help me want to change my life. I, I feel I don't want. But help me want it. Help me. Beficha. Hashem said you could even ask me first to help Bilbabicha, to help you want. And I will do it for you. Karov elecha adavar me'od. It's very close to you because only Hashem could do it for you. So He will be there for you. And you just have to ask and want. This is the mitzvah of Teshuvah. Rabotai, have a wonderful day.